What's up, nerds? Welcome to a special extra movie review from your three favorite fat nerds podcast. That, of course, is the three fat nerds podcast, better known as 3FN. And uh, yeah, the I am not joined by both nerds, unfortunately. Uh, one of our nerds is out on assignment, but joining me, Rich, of course, that's my name, in the studio to review... The movie, of course, is the man that doesn't need an introduction, yet he has the longest introduction in all of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hashtag Big Daddy Cool, hashtag Mad Dog Strong Style, hashtag Challenge Accepted. He's the leader of the Minnows Gang and your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster. He's the man, the myth, and the legend rolled into one jolly old ginger-bearded feller, and I would like to add... Had no kung fu karate chops at the air during the movie, ladies and gentlemen. It's Diesel. I do this for all my naughty boys. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this in the beginning. I'm going to apologize. I have no. I didn't have anything planned for like an opening for a special review episode. I didn't think we should get the whole three fat nerds episode because it's a special. We're just doing the movie review here. Uh, you're getting a bonus one this week. Because, of course, if you listen to this upcoming week's 3FN, because this will be out before it, and even if you listen to it after, but this week on the show, not only are we talking nerd news, but the 3FN Movie Club review for this week is Elvis. Uh, cannot wait to talk about that one as well. But me and Diesel also wanted to go see The Black Phone. So we did, and we said, hey, you know, we always talk about doing extra reviews for you guys, and then we don't. <laughs> so we are like... You know what? Fuck it. We're going to do the extra review. So we are here today to review the brand new film that's been pushed back a bunch of times. Yep. But the brand new film came out this week, The Black Phone. And uh, we're going to set it up kind of how we normally set it up, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to set it up. Well, we'll do the spoiler full or spoiler free stuff first. Give you like the synopsis, give you who's in the movie, and then give you our spoiler free recommendation or not. The thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle, if you will, for a recommendation. And then we'll play a spoiler alert like you're familiar with on the 3FN podcast. And uh, then we'll talk spoiler full review. Tell us, tell, telling you what we liked, what we didn't like, and most importantly, giving you the scores around the internet before giving you our nerd score and my critical score. So we're going to kind of run it the same way we do the 3FN Movie Club review each and every week on the 3 Nerds Podcast. So those of you who may or may not be familiar with that, you guys are going to be in for that as well. But before we get there, Diesel, I think we need to just get it out of the way. We have a few opening plugs. If you guys want to get in contact with us, uh, give us your opinions on the movie. Please, spoiler free, if you do it on social medias. Uh, you can do that on any of our social medias. We're 3 Fat Nerds Podcast on Facebook. We're at 3 Fat Nerds Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Make sure you use the hashtag 3FNPod whenever talking about the show. If you can't help but give us a spoiler full one, hit us up on the email. What is that email, Diesel? 3FatNerdsPod at gmail.com. And of course, for all information about the 3FatNerds podcast and everything we do here at 607podcast slash 8122productions, go to our very public website, 8122productions.com, and you'll get all the information you can about the 3FatNerds podcast. Uh, there's a T public link there. If you buy some swag, it's on sale this week, and uh, you get to support the show that way. Also, if you want to support the show, for as little as $1 
$1 a month and get everything we do early, plus bonus ex episodes that are exclusive to Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash 8122productions. It's only a dollar a month, and you do help us provide all that we do here to you. And also there, there's the link to the Twitch page, links to friends of the shows, links to musical acts that we use here on the show, and last but certainly not least, links to our local sponsors, such as Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, dragonmastergames.com. I feel like shouting them out because they provide us with the 8122 Production Studios. We are sitting in currently to talk about this movie. So uh, all of that and more is at 8122productions.com. Uh, I'm going to try to get a little shorter on that during the actual show and in the future, but I'm give you a little, mm. little stuff there. Well, without further ado, Diesel, let's start talking about the black phone. Uh, of course, uh, before we give you all of these stats. Let's talk about the synopsis of the film. This is a spoiler-free synopsis, just in case you're wondering. Finney Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic mass killer. When a disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring, he soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous victims. And they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them doesn't happen to Finney. Uh, is that a uh, good synopsis? I think it's a great synopsis. Yeah, that's fairly accurate. I like it. All right, so uh, this movie was released originally at Fantastic Fest in September 25th of 2021. <laughs> and it was not released uh, in the United States until June 24th of 2022. Uh, reasons, obviously, the pandemic was still going on. It was probably a good idea to keep it back because I'm assuming it's going to make a lot more money this way. Uh, it's got a 103-minute runtime. It was distributed by Universal Pictures. The production companies involved are Crooked Highway and, of course, Blumhouse Productions. Uh, the movie is based on a story called The Black Phone by Joe Hill, of course, the son of legendary horror author Stephen King. Uh, the screenplay was by uh, Robert Cargill and Scott Derrickson, and it is directed also by Scott Der Derrickson. If uh, you don't remember, Scott Derrickson is the director of the uh, was the director of the first Doctor Strange movie, yep. uh, amongst other things. But he did Doctor Strange and, and a bunch of other stuff, and he's been a producer on even more stuff. So it's it's kind of cool to see his vision here as well. This um, movie was produced by C. Robert Cargill, Scott Derrickson, and Jason Blum, and it stars Mason Times, Madeline McGraw, Jeremy Davies, James Ranson, and of course Ethan. Hulk. Cinematography was by Brett Jukowitz, uh, edited by Frederick Throvel, and the music was by Mark Corven. And uh, it had a budget of 16 to $18 million. And of course, we're recording this over the weekend, but so far in the box office, 10.3 million. Mind you, we are recording this on Saturday after we watched yeah. it. So it has not had the full box office. So it looks like it's gonna be making its money back in the opening weekend, I would assume. Uh, how about you, Diesel? Yeah, I have a feeling it was probably, after the whole weekend, probably just shy of 20 million, maybe maybe just shy of 25 million. But with the budget that they had that's a, that's a win and then it's going to make more in the long run absolutely all right that brings us to our spoiler free recommendation second segment we're going to give it a thumbs up thumbs in the middle or thumbs down and the reason why without spoiling the film i will start with diesel diesel is this good a thumbs up thumbs down or thumbs in the middle and why this gets a thumbs up it's not a resounding thumbs up but it was an entertaining movie and it's a movie that like as somebody who doesn't like horror but i do enjoy a good thriller really did enjoy there was some stuff i would have wished they they would have explored a little bit more but it was an entertaining film and i definitely enjoyed it i am going to agree with you and i'm going to give this film a thumbs up uh, I, I said in the car to you this checked all the boxes yep. uh cinematography is great the set is great the atmosphere is great the music is great um 
I, I really dug the story. Uh, it, it feels like a familiar story, but at the same time, it is still an original story yeah. in a lot of ways. I thought that, you know, they, they made some brave choices in the movie as well, and they really kind of throw you off. So, like, and as far as I'm concerned, this is a definitely a recommended film for anybody who's into thrillers and horror movies. If you are bothered by thrillers and horror movies, maybe not. Maybe yeah. sit this one out. But Diesel, who is usually, let's just say, a coward about horror movies, he sat through this with no problems. Yeah. Uh, so if you are somebody who does not necessarily love horror movies, this might be a movie for you. I will say there is violence. There is violence involving children. Yes. And uh, if that bothers you as well, you should probably sit this one out. It's a, just a fair warning. Well, with that being said, we're going to give you a fair warning now. If you have not seen The Black Phone and you are waiting to see it and do not want to hear the review, this is where it's a good time to stop. Uh, you've got our recommendation. You've got a little bit that we thought about it. you got all that stuff. So this is a good time to stop. Come back after you see the movie and see what we thought about it with spoilers included. If, however, you were on the fence about it and just don't care about hearing the review and it might send you to the movie, or if you're somebody who has already seen the movie or somebody who's not gonna see the movie at all and doesn't care because we have a lot of those people as well, this is your time to stay in the boat, but we're going to play the spoiler alert. And as soon as the spoiler alert is over, we are going to be in the spoiler zone for the black phone. So without further ado. See, nobody can say they aren't warned by a spoiler yeah. alert. It's got that nice little ending part. Thank you, Rambo, or should I say First Blood? First Blood. Uh, yes, but some people still refer to it as Rambo, but it's First Blood. Well, are you ready to talk spoilers? We're going to do it much like the show. We're not going to go scene through three, scene because that really is a little too far sometimes. And if I understand I listen to podcasts who do that, and I have no problems with it. I'm just saying it's nicer to see what we liked and disliked about the movie in attempts. So that's just what we do here at the 3FN Podcast. Yeah. So let's start off always like we do with the positives. Uh, and I'm going to I'm gonna kick it off here. I mentioned it before, it checks the boxes, so I'm just going to kind of go with that and then we'll kind of volley back and forth. Uh, but I checked the boxes for everything. It has a great atmosphere. Uh, the score is terrific in this film. Uh, the storyline and plot is, is, is nice. There's not really a lot of holes in it. Uh, you could say the supernatural stuff kind of fills some of that in and some people who might not like that or like whatever, but it's part of the story and it works itself in a, as a nice way. So overall, the, the, the every box that you would like to check for a thriller movie is, is checked here. I'm not saying that all of them are done perfectly. I am just saying they check them all. Uh, what's some of your likes as well? Yeah, that's a perfect assessment. Um, Everything is done well. Nothing is done phenomenally well. The, um, but I really enjoyed like the costume design. The mask that Ethan Hawke's character, the Grabber, wears is interchangeable, so it has different faces, and it looks cool as shit. Yeah, and in different moods, it's different faces. Yeah. It's got the one with no mouth. It's got the one with the big smiling face. It's got the angry-looking yeah. one. Yeah. And, you know, during the movie, like different parts of it come off, and the different bottoms come on to give you a different feel of the mood the atmosphere of the movie during that point and it's really well done um the kid actors were great the girl i want to especially shout out she was her character like perfect comedy timing for what it needed to be but she was also like a convincing like serious actress in this role yeah madeline mcgraw playing gwen shaw very good good use of that name i think she's gonna have a, okay. a huge career in hollywood very good uh, Mason Thames was as well as well yeah. as playing Finney Shaw as well. I thought and then the other kid actors in the movie as well were very good, yeah. but they were they were limited. They weren't in the film as much as the two main characters, yeah. and I, I thought they did they killed it. They knocked yeah. it out of the park. Um, 
the overwhelming plot was really cool. Like I, I am a sucker for the serial killer genre as long as it doesn't show too much gore. And they really didn't show too much gore. There was one really bloody scene and that one was at least cool. Are you talking about the uh, the kids beating the one kid beating up the other kid? Because that was I thought was the bloodiest scene in the movie. Because right. at one point in juncture, Robin, who is going to become one of the grabbers' victims, obviously we're in spoiler territory. He gets in a fight with the bully kid, and Robin's like a marsh. He's a, he's 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 I think he's Mexican. He's Mexican, <laughs> and he's he's getting called things like wetback and stuff. And he says, enough with this shit, fight. But he also knows martial arts. And he destroys this kid. And after he gets him on the ground, he proceeds to pound his face in and gets his knuckles all bloody. And I love, there's a scene in the bathroom where he breaks up Finney being bullied. Yeah. And he's just like, after the kids leave, he goes, oh, man, that kid had sharp teeth. It, it, I, my, my, my knuckles were bleeding all of first period. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me preface this. The violence of the serial killer. Okay. The kid violence I enjoyed, but there is a lot of... Like, actually, the one scene with the father with the belt was little... That one hit a little close to home. It was disturbing, home. yeah. Um, the violence towards kids was well done, but it was a little... Like, if that stuff triggers you, you might want to stay away. But it was well done. But the, the one kill scene towards the end was very good. The axe shot... Oh, okay, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll talk about that in a minute because yeah. we'll get to the end because I thought the end is is, is, is superb. Uh, as far as the movie goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to piggyback on. I, I loved Ethan Hawke as yeah. the grabber. He was, like, supremely good, evil, sinister. I love the voice he used, too. Yeah. He had different voices. voices, yeah. So he had, like, a deeper one, one that sounded more demonic. He had a real light one yeah, when I, he was trying to make the kid at ease. I almost thought they were kind of going with, like, a split-esque type of thing with the different faces mm-hmm. and, like, the eye part being missing that one time when he had the co- sort of more feminine voice going and the more caring voice going. Also, he did make a couple mentions, like, I'm not going to hurt you, but I don't know about him. Yeah. So like maybe uh, maybe they were teasing that. I also was getting the uh, th- they don't ever say he's a pedophile, but I was getting the pedophile vibe, oh, yeah. especially because some of the phone calls from because obviously well Finney's in the basement. There's this black phone that's disconnected, but he can hear it ring, and the spirits of the boys who were before him and murdered before him are talking to him and giving him advice <laughs> of what to do and not to do to try to get him out alive. And there's one point where one of the characters goes, "Well, you get a, if you." You know, to move on his story, he thinks he's losing because you haven't played Naughty Boy yet. And then he's like, he's going to beat you with a belt and he's going to be the worst thing you ever feel. But then after Naughty Boy is the worst. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, it's not he doesn't kill you right after Naughty Boy. But then what's what could possibly after this worse? And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're leaning heavily on. He's going to molest them. Yeah, they, they never flat out say it. They never put that out there, but it's very heavily implied. And I think that's actually well done. And I think it's worse it. in that case. Yeah. yeah, it's very well handled in that because it leaves it's worse in your imagination and it makes his character even that more creepy when they don't say it. Absolutely. I, I think that uh, uh, totally I can't yeah. agree with you more yeah. there. Uh, but he was perfect in the role. I thought he was sleazy, creepy. Like, Ethan Hawke was, was, was amazing. And you don't see his face for most of the movie, yeah. so he's doing this all under a mask. I mean, there's a few times in the in the beginning of the movie where you see his face painted, and then there's a, there's a specific time at the end of the movie when he just has the top part of the mask on, it's his bottom. Yeah. But you never really see his full face clean, if you will. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that he can do that and emote that all through a mask. Yes. 
Although, him drawing his power from a mask, we'll get to that in the end as well. Uh, anything else before we talk about the end? Because I know we both really like the end, but uh, anything else during the movie that you really enjoyed? That, that's pretty much, I think we covered all the bases. Like, they did everything well. Nothing done phenomenal, but they did everything well. Like, you'll be entertained watching this, and all the points will be checked off perfectly. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the fact that there's not a lot of plot holes. Yeah. I mean, unless you count some of the spiritual stuff, but let's be honest, it's spiritual stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's, there, there's really not a lot of uh, plot holes. It's very well put together. It's very paced well. Yes. I mean, for an hour and 41 minute movie, it's paced superbly. Like, you never feel like it drags. Uh, even when, you know, and we're dealing with something where a lot of this movie takes place in a basement with a, with a child. And it still doesn't feel like it drags. Yeah. It feels like we're always you're always doing something. Like he's trying to get out. He's trying different methods, whether it's to dig under the floor, whether it's to break through the wall, whether it's to to get out the window that he can't quite reach. There's a whole lot of things that it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah. And then like your subtext and what's happening in the real world with like his sister who has visions and premonitions in her dreams trying to help save her brother and the drunk abusive father. And, and it's it there's a lot of cool stuff that goes into this story that just moves it quite along. Let's talk about the end though, because I think the end is is probably the best part <laughs> of this movie. Because we've been conditioned over the years watching horror movies and thriller movies and even dramas. The, the movies end a certain way. They want, end one of two ways. There's either the happy ending or there's the sad ending. Yes. So you either leave the movie depressed for the hero or the, the, the uh, protagonist of the movie or you, you know, it's, it's weird. Yeah. This movie, I'm telling you, keeps you off kilter. So one of the parts of the plot line that we find out like about midway through the movie is that in this house... The Grabber has a brother named Max. Played by the great James Ransone. Yes. So James Ransone does a great job, by the way. Coked out of his mind. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that because there's cocaine on the table. So the cops actually come to the house at one point. And he explains to the cops that he's also looking for the killer. That's why he came here. Because he's he, he deems himself a sleuth. Yep. And he wants to work with the cops. And, of course, they point out the cocaine. He's like, stupid, Max, stupid. And then the camera boils down. And you realize that Finney's underneath. But you don't really know... At that point, if Max is in on it or not, yep. you kind of get a picture because about another 15 minutes in the movie, right before the third act, one of the phone calls tells him that he's nervous that his brother's going to find out Yep, because his brother's looking for the killer and he's going to find out. And it's like, OK, so the brother's not in on it at all. And then they go on to prove that when Finney kind of gets out. Yeah. So, so we get to the third act. Uh, the little girl has her premonition, realizes that the house is there. They, they do this well. It builds well. So she's like, she sees the house. She sees the address of the house using one of the ghosts of the, the she scopes the place. She calls the detective that she's had interactions with. So now the cops are on their way to the house. We know the grabber is buying stuff at the store. Concrete, some lie. tarps, lie. So he's buying the stuff to get rid of the body of Finney. And then we go to Max. And Max does a line of cocaine at his table. And of course, across from him, he's got his little yarn thing set up with all the color coding and pin of where all the kids got abducted. And he's like, it's got to be in this neighborhood. So he does a line of coke and he looks at it and you see it dawn on him like, wait a minute, the radius is where I am. No. So then you see Max get up and walk through the house. Now he goes into the kitchen that we've seen yep. because of when Finney tried to get out. And he goes towards the basement door and he's like, at first he's like, no. 
Now, in the meantime, right before this goes down, Robin, the kid who saves uh, Finney's ass from the bullies, he was one of the victims. So he's the last phone call, and he tells him that he has to pack the phone full of dirt so it's heavier, take a step back, take a step forward, take another step back, and use all your force to crank him in the face with it when he comes down the stairs. So he hears the stairs creak at this point, and I'm like, oh, fuck. So in my head, and I know Diesel, yeah. you felt the same. We're like, fuck, Max is going to get it. Max is going to get it because he's going to think Max is the fucking killer. Yeah. But there's that weird thing where he goes for the door and he hesitates and he goes, no, no, no. And he's like, no. I. So you know that he was told not to go to that door. Absolutely. Not, never open that door. So next thing you know, the door swings open and sure as shit, it's Max. But Finney, thankfully, doesn't bounce into action. He's just like, because Max is like, holy shit. I should have known. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like, like, like. I'm gonna get you out of here, kid. It's it's fine. And then Max, because he's a cokehead, goes, "Do you want to know how I f- discovered you were here?" <laughs> and I don't know if he was reacting to he knew that the grabber was there or whatever. But boy, we get the vicious scene you were talking about. What happens to our good friend Max? So the grabber, he flat out says it after the scene. He goes, "Normally, I'll use a knife. He's got it." big old axe that he just drops onto his brother's head in a very brutal fashion. It fucking splits open blood <laughs> everywhere, okay? Blood fucking everywhere. And he proceeds to tell Finney, like, hey, I love my brother. Is he an idiot? Yes, yes. but he was my idiot. That's <laughs> how he explains it. And he now digs the axe out of the head. Mind you, they don't show his head when he does it, but you see the struggle he takes to get the yeah. fucking axe out of his brother's head. Yeah, and he's spattered in blood, so the top half of the mask is splattered in blood. And he's not wearing the bottom half. Bottom half is gone, and he is just splattered in blood all over his shirt, and you're just like, it's a really scary scene, like, just visually, like, oh, boy. So this is where uh, he tells Finney about, I usually use a knife, but you're special. I'm going to make this slow, and it's going to be painful. Yep. And he brings the, calls the dog down. I thought he was going to stick the dog on him, but he doesn't. He changed the dog towards the wall so he can't get out the stairs. Yep. This is a big, vicious Rottweiler. Yeah. He then proceeds to, I don't know what he was actually trying to do, but Finney finally makes the move. He fucking whacks him, and he runs and jumps over the hole in the ground. Well, he also has a string there that he tightens trips the grabber grabber falls in this hole he was originally digging this covered by uh, 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 a rug rug. and in there is the grate from the window and he just snaps his fucking leg and the grabber's still trying to get a hold of him the dog is barking but he's chained up and Finney then starts going to fucking work with this fucking loaded phone (laughs) and he rips the mask off and when he rips the mask off that thought, I thought that was a, one of the cooler parts. Yeah. When he rips the mask off him, he has a physical, like, ah, yeah. like not being hurt, but he, he doesn't want the mask off. Yeah, the mask is sort of like, you know, what they did with the, the Batman recently with Paul Dano saying that, no, the mask is his face. This is his face. This is his true form. Mm-hmm. The, the human underneath it is not who he is. The mask is who he is. So, yes. Yeah. So, and then our boy Finney goes to town on this motherfucker. <sighs> Fucking brutal. And he jumps over him and hooks him because he's got the phone wire from this black phone that he cut. He's got him, and now he's, like, choking him with his head over his back with this thing, and the phone starts ringing again. Yep. And Finney looks at him and just goes, it's for you, and puts the receiver <laughs> next to the head. Now, mind you, we found out earlier that we don't know much about the grabber and his backstory, but we did know that he heard the phone before and tries to play it off. Yeah. 
So he puts the phone over his head, and it's the kids' voices that basically tell him, you're done. Uh, I know you remember most some of the lines. Um, now, now's your time, motherfucker, from the badass yeah. kid. Um, the baseball player, I'll save that one for last, but every kid has something to say. It's your time. Enjoy this. This is your end. And then the thing that the baseball kid said that in the beginning of the movie hit a homer off of uh, Finney, your his arm's a mint. And at that moment, Finney tugs it, and you hear this horrible snap <laughs> of his fucking neck. And we're just like, holy shit. We, you know, you expect the kid to get, you know, free or trap him and get out the door and then the guy to come back. Yeah. No, no, no. He fucking snaps his goddamn neck in this hole in the ground. He's helpless. And then you have the dog, and he just goes over. Then Finney calmly walks over. Grabs a steak because there's a freezer on the other side of a wall that he broke out, but he couldn't get out the freezer. Yeah. He grabs a steak from it, or one of the ones that was on the ground, because it looked thawed. It was thawed out. And so it was one of the ones he probably dug out when yeah. he tried to get out that way. And he tosses it to the fucking dog. So the dog goes away from the door, so he's able to just walk up the stairs slowly and go up to the door. And there's a bike lock on the door holding it shut from the inside. Which he knows the combination for because one of the ghosts had given them to him. Well, gave him the clues and he had to figure it out. But he figured it out the night before when he got out and then got recaptured. And at this same, while all of this is going on, the cops are storming another house. Because this is the house that the kids had showed her in the premonition. And the cops are storming. There's nothing in the house. You're like, wait a minute. This can't be the house. But the, 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 the basement door is blocked. So they pull away the basement door. And they go down there. And it's like an old root cellar, kind yep. of. And there's the graves of the kids. There's a fresh grave dug out that's not buried yet. So they come out of the building. And as they're coming out of the, uh, the, that house, Finney walks out of a house from across the street. Cause, and that's when his sister sees him and they have the embrace. And then the cops go in there because they're figuring out, oh, wait a minute, this is where the bodies are. This is not where he kills them. Yeah. And now they know where it is. Of course, his body is dead in the basement. And that's that's pretty much the end of the yep. movie. It goes back and Finney has confidence and people are no longer treating him like a, a you know, there's a brief thing where the bullies that bullied him are not bullying him anymore. Yeah, they kind of like acknowledge him like, okay. The father apologizes to the daughter and the son and we have like this nice moment and we do end on a good note, but you know, we were like, normally you would get the killer comes back out because he's not dead or like, you know, whatever. And they didn't do that. And I thought that was, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought for a second, like maybe like the door after you open up the combo wouldn't open. And once you got the reveal that it's across the street, like he'll just be banging on the door and can't get out and nobody can hear him. But they didn't do that. He, he just walked out and it was cool how they did it because all the cops are focused on getting like the corner uh, bags into the house to get the bodies out. And a sister just sitting there just like thinking her brother is dead sees him come out and she's walking over towards him while everyone else is rushing towards the other side yeah, until they finally realized and like, oh, the detectives cool came scene. out and they run over yeah. and they're like oh and he's like in the basement yeah and it's like oh man uh, so I really really dug that ending I thought that ending was very cool and original that's why I would go went through the ending because that that to me was gold yeah for a split second I was like well they kind of done the supernatural stuff so if like you know he's going to reach out the door or something like that and then all of a sudden the grabber's hand grabs his leg or something like that but no, he snapped that motherfucker's uh, neck and he is stay dead. <laughs> Disgusting sound, too. So, so cool. All right. With that being said, those were all our positives. Did you have any negatives for the black phone? Uh, I had a couple. So okay. um, I wanted more of the grabber's backstory. Not so much the backstory, but like his his ritual, if you will. Like I agree. I think that would be cool. I, not so much like, you know, with the implied molestation or anything like that. I don't want to see that. But like 
maybe show like what he has in in, in plan for him. For what was his origins? Yeah. What is his like? What is what? Why, why did he go to this life? Yeah. Is there? You know, we get a tease that he spent time in this basement with the phone that didn't work there when he was younger. Yeah. So was that, does that mean his father was this way? Uh, there's never really any explanation. Like, yeah. I don't need the, the like, I'm with you. There's no problem. And if they want to do another movie, I guess I'm back in. Yeah. But, like, it was kind of weird that we don't really get his motivation. Because when the scene when Finney does escape the first time and the grabber, you know, catches him and the lights from the neighbors come on across the street and he holds him down and he's brutally says, you say a word and I will gut you like a pig and then I will strangle you with your own intestine. I'm like... All right, I want to see a little bit more of that. Like, I want to see how evil this guy is, just verbally. And yeah, stuff and like also, that. where how did this start? Because they yeah. never give you really yeah. a motivation. Yep. Um, that that was my biggest takeaway of like, like wow. Like, I, I just wanted more of the serial killer. This is a, it's not a horror movie. It's a serial killer movie, and I wanted more of the serial killer. That being said, it was cool because it like this is a weirdly coming of age movie because this is a character that you know kind of bullied but fits in a little bit. But gaining the motivation to make it through life's obstacles. Granted, the f- big hurdle is a serial killer in the beginning. <laughs> Absolutely. Any other negatives that you had? That's about it. Like the um, some of the violence towards children that was not serial killer related. Like the uh, father beating his daughter with a belt was that was, was brutal to watch. But that was, it, it, it it was does rusty. go towards where the father yeah. is. Um, also goes towards, like I said to you after the movie, that you kind of see where the strength from Finney yeah. is at the end of the day. Because when Robin's on the phone with him, dead Robin, I should say, yeah. is on the phone with him, he says, you're one of the strongest people I know. You're a fighter, because too. Because you're a fighter, too. And he's like, well, no, I'm not like you. And he's like, what do you mean? Yeah, you, you maybe you don't beat people up like I do. But every time you get hit, you get back up and you keep coming. He was like, that's fighter. That's that's being a fighter. And you're like, then you realize how his father is and like, oh. Yeah. It's a learned behavior. He has to fucking yeah. fight for him and his sister. Um, but, that, that was my main takeaway. I just wanted a little bit more of like the actual like serial killer side of it. Like not not saying glorify the serial killing or anything like that, but just like a little bit more of that. When like just fit in the basement with the phone ring and talking to strangers at some point. Uh, my only my only real negative takeaway, and it, I, it doesn't ruin the movie yeah. in my opinion, but my only real negative takeaway is this movie takes place in the late seventies. Sometimes uh, you said you thought it was nineteen seventy eight, but it's definitely the late seventies. So uh, and it, they do a great job. It looks amazing. Like I said before, the time period, the cars look right, the, the the outfits look great. It's it's perfect. Okay, in that aspect. My problem is is that there is four children from this small community this is a suburb i think of denver yeah, they're in colorado yeah, it's north denver yeah so there's sub there's a, it's a suburb of denver colorado and it doesn't look like a very big area yeah yet four well five when when finney gets taken five kids have been abducted four have not been found one is freshly abducted and it doesn't it, it and this movie doesn't take place over a year literally when we jump into the movie Bruce gets taken, who is the kid that hits a home run off of Finney. And he gets taken, I'm assuming, the next day or so. Because he's riding around in his bike. He gets taken. That's how the movie opens. Then, very shortly after... I think there was a quick little time jump, maybe like a month or two. Tops. Tops. Yeah. Tops. And then Robin gets taken. And then, it doesn't feel like a few days Days. between Robin and Finney. And you're like, and then previous to that, there's the other kids. So those are the three. And then there's two other kids that we hear on the phone that were previous to this. Yes. That we do hear talked about, you know, as the kids are talking about the grabber, because that's what the papers call them. And, And allegedly, there's a rumor that if you talk about the grabber, he'll come and get you. 
Um, but to me, I'm like, this small community couldn't figure out that, like, we have five kids in less than a year. Yeah. In less than a year <laughs> that are abducted in a small community and, and not found. And, and some of them, and some of, and three of them, from our knowledge, are taken pretty much within a couple months. And, and with two of them being taken within days. In broad daylight. In broad daylight. I'm not sure if all of them, because they don't go through and all we the learned, And we learn because the girl gets called into the office because she shared uh, with the sister of Bruce, she shared that she had a dream about black balloons. And that's what they were holding back, is that every time somebody was abducted by the grabber, there was black balloons. So how did you know that? Blah, 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 blah. So we know that they know that it's the same person. Yes. And you're telling me that in a small community, it's not a very big community, yeah. that they couldn't like find somebody? Yeah, that, that was a little bit of a plot hole. And I kind of wish they went more into the abduction because when Finney gets abducted, it is a cool scene because you know he stumbles around. You've seen it in the trailer. He stumbles, asks for the help a la Ted Bundy. And then... Oh, you want to see a magic trick? And then all of a sudden he opens up the back door and these black balloons. Well, he, that's where actually Finney gets leery because his sister had told him about the black balloons. He's like, wait a minute, are those black balloons? But before he can do anything, he's got them wrapped up in the black balloons and gases him. Yep, and just sprays something in his mouth. And like it was definitely like a weird scene, but it was really cool to see how the grabber abducted these children with the balloons. And we get, uh, we get the, when, when, she's, when the little girl's having the visions of them, we get all of how they got abducted yeah. pretty much. Uh, but it's it's just weird to me that this dude's fucking able to do it in the small suburb. It's not like a big city. Yeah. It's a small suburb. But yet he's pulling us off. Yeah. yeah. So that was the kind of that was the one thing that I'm like, so the cops aren't out twenty four seven. They know they have a serial fucking uh Siri abductor. Abductor, they haven't found bodies, so they don't know if right. they're dead or alive, but someone that's serial kidnapping children, children. of a certain age range and gender. Now, granted, they were kind of over the map with the ethnicity, but it was just, you know, adolescent boys. So there's mm -hmm. definitely, like, a target that he had. Right. So they're not putting anything <laughs> in place to, like, protect adolescent boys. They're not putting, uh, they're not getting the guy. Like, like I feel like this is weird. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think this, this is a normal thing that would happen. So that was the only thing that, and I'm once again, it doesn't ruin the movie. I'm just kind of like, how the fuck does yeah. that get by you? How wasn't there, like, a mob of parents just walking the streets at night and just, like, looking for people? <laughs> like Absolutely. <laughs> I think that that should have been how it was. Or, you know, hey, listen, don't let your kids just fucking go out on their own. Yeah. Like, especially you're the boys, because that's who's being kidnapped. Yeah. But, you know, hey. Uh, so that, that was just kind of a little thing that took me out of the game. But not enough that it ruined the movie. I still thought the movie yeah. was very good. All right. Now, we're not going to play the game, Diesel. I'm going to ask you to guess, just because it's right. fun. But we're not going to play it as a game. We're just going to do it as uh, because there's no Ron or a third person here. In the future, if there is, we'll do it. But uh, we'll kind of see if you can get close enough. This is uh, So this is the scores from around the internet before we give our scores. Diesel, IMDb out of 10 using points. What do they give the black phone? IMDb, it's new. Uh, usually, it's pretty high for the new one. I'll go 7. You were close. 7.4 out of 10. Yep. Uh, Metacritic, out of 100%, mind you, this is critics only, what did they give Black Phone? I, critics might actually like this. The way it was shot was really well done. I'm going to hedge my bets and go 60. Uh, you're a little off, but to the south, because it was 79%. Okay, cool, cool. So the critics are liking this. And last but certainly not, oh, no, two more, sorry. Rotten Tomatoes combined score out of 100%? 75 uh, a little higher, 84%. Ooh, so shit. the fans are liking a little more, and that comes to Google users. Google users, out of, out of 100%. 88. 93%. Oh, shit. So you're in the neighborhood of a lot of them, but yeah, very highly rated this movie <laughs> yeah. is. Very, very highly rated. Uh, and with that being said, 
it is now time for us to give our scores. Of course, just like the Three Fat Nerds podcast, we are going to give you our nerd score, which is an entertainment score. It's a kind of an entertainment and a suggestion score. So what I mean by that is, yes, we take our critical eye on it, but we take how much like entertainment value and it equals if you should pay or not pay or however to see this movie. So this, this goes as, it goes as follows. A one is no. That means it's terrible, it's horrible, it should never be uh, consumed by anybody. A two is you've been warned. That means it's not the worst movie, but it's not a good movie. You're probably wasting your time and you should probably never see it. A three is, ah, it's good, which means it's a it's a, a, it's a, a average film to a little a bit above average, uh, but there's no need to really spend no money on it. You don't need to go to see it in the theaters. You don't need to really rent it on uh, Amazon Prime or anything. You don't know how to buy it necessarily. I mean, you may, you may not, depending upon how you like it, but it's just, you know, it's it's good. So you should still watch it, but you know, maybe not spend money on it. A four is just take my money. This means it's a great movie. That means if it's in the theaters, you should see it. If it's on Amazon Prime, feel free to uh, buy it, rent it, whatever, spend money on it. It's definitely a worthwhile film. It's going to be, you know, once again, a three is still a good movie that you can watch, but four is just, it's great. It's a, it's worth the money. And then five is certified nerd. It's the rarefied air. That's an instant classic. It's going to go down as one of, uh, you know, a movie that's in your rotation. You're going to go back to it a lot. You're going to re-enjoy it every single time. And it's going to go down as like your all-time classics. Like great movies that are considered certified nerd in our book uh, unanimously was like The Batman. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, myself and Diesel both thought Last Night in Soho was in that certified nerd realm. And there's many more, like Jurassic Park, Jaws, the original Halloween from 1978. Those are movies that are, that's what we're looking for when it's certified nerd, the instant classics. With that being said, and I will give my critic score after. With that being said, Diesel, what did you give the black phone on the nerd scale? I gave it a, a good a good three. It's We don't break it down like three and a half or anything like that, but a good three. It was enjoyable watch should you see it in theaters not really this is not a big theater film it's just an enjoyable watch like if this was 25 years ago and like this was on tv or hbo or something like that sit down and watch it you already got the service watch it if it comes on netflix or something like that you got nothing better to do you just want to watch a movie be entertained this is a good movie for you uh, I'm going to kind of file Sue here because once again, we don't, when the nerd score, we just go with the solid score. This is a perfect example of a movie that would get like a three and a half on the nerd scale. Yeah. Like I would say if you're a horror fan or thriller fan, definitely go pay to see it in the theater or rent it or whatever, because you're going to be entertained. It's a good movie. When you hear my critic score, you'll understand why. However, for the average person, I don't know if they're going to really be dig it as much as even we did. No. So I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm giving it a three. It was very entertainable. It's a good movie. It's a better than average movie. I'm going to even say that. It is borderline great in a lot of ways. But at the same point in Juncture, I would catch it on Netflix or something like that or out of a red box. Spend, you know, rent it if it's a little less. I, I just can't give it. Once again, we don't do points on the nerd scale. So I couldn't quite give it the next level. But at the same point in juncture, I do think this is a worthwhile film. I will definitely be seeing it again. With that being said, my critical score, once again, is a little higher because of that. And I was going back and forth. And I don't normally do a quarter score. And I was going to pull one off today, but I decided against it after talking about it with you here. I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. It was a great film. And it was better than average. It was it was it was a above because average is good. Let's be honest. That's what in how you know out of ten and five is is average. So it's good. I thought this was a great film. Uh, it's on the lower end of great, but it's a great film. It's a great original concept. It really does play well. And the let's be honest, uh, the the chef's kiss mwah, for that third act in the end of the movie because I thought that was phenomenal. 
uh, really off kilter because it's not normally what happens yeah. in these movies. And I loved it. So I'm going to say it's a 7 out of 10. It is a great movie. And some people will be like, but you only gave it a 3 on the nerd scale? Well, the difference is is that I, when we do the nerd scale, it is our opinion, but it's also our opinion based on what we're telling you, the viewer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like to me, my opinion, if I'm telling you, some people might go in this movie and think it is that four level, you know, just take my money. But a lot of people are going to think it's the three level. It's, it's, it's slightly above average. It's, it's above average film. It's good. It's, it's like on the cusp of greatness, if you will. Yeah. And so it's easier for, to be comfortable. That's what actually the nerd scale is. It is our opinion at the end of the day. But it's, when, we, when we take into that opinion, what I try to explain on the show, and it's probably easier to explain now because we're doing a shorter episode, that like we're really doing what our opinion is, mixing our critic score, mixing our entertainment, and also taking that and going, okay, how do I recommend this to the audience? It's a recommendation score pretty much. Yeah. And like I said, you don't have to agree with. Some people might think this is trash. Some people might think it's great. But my critical score is based on my opinions of being a, a, doing film critique. And I have a hard score because we know I don't give anything a 10. A 9.5 is the highest I will go. Jaws, uh, The Exorcist. Uh, we're talking horror movies only. Uh, Halloween, 1978. That, stuff like that goes on this list as far as horror films go. Overall, things like, you know, I, I would say The Batman is like a 9 out of 10. Yeah. The the one that just came out. I also think that uh, Last Night in Soho was a 9 out of 10. Maybe even a 9.25 if you really want my honest opinion. It's a great movie. Great original story. However, I don't give anything a 10 because I don't believe perfection exists. Because uh, there's even with the even the movies I give nine and a half, I can tell you flaws yeah. in them, and I think we all know there's a few flaws in Jaws. Okay, <laughs> but it's still a classic movie and it's still fucking phenomenal, great cinematography stuff. This movie to me checks the boxes of like when I'm critiquing a movie, I critique it by atmosphere, cinematography, score, acting, plotline and storyline. And then I get into the meat and potatoes. Like those five things I have to check and you get checked off on those and a score there. And then I go, okay, how entertained was I? How original is it? How much did I like this movie? Would I watch this movie again? How many times would I watch this movie? Would I buy this movie for my collection? Would I watch this movie yearly? So when we start getting into that, that's where we're at. And, and for this movie, why I ended up just deciding even after talking about it, a seven out of 10 is because I would watch this movie again. Yeah. I would definitely see this movie again. Would I go to the theater again to see it? No. Uh, not because I didn't enjoy it in the theater. I thought it was a very good movie, but I, I've seen it in the theater. I would watch it on video, though. When it comes out, I might, I, I would, might even dare say I might pick it up just to have it on in my collection. Uh, but, you know, would I, you know, did I think it was a unique story? Yes. Like, this is a familiar story, but I think it was enough unique. I think Joe Hill did an amazing yeah. job. And then when him and, and, and company put it into a screenplay, even better. Uh, so like those the extra things was I entertained absolutely so it's kind of like one of those situations where my critic score is going to outweigh because what I'm giving you for consumption with the nerd score and what my critique of it was but it still aligns it's on the cusp of being great because I think in the greatness scale I think seven and a half and higher is a greatness yeah. scale so it just misses great but but it catches really good and like I said so me and Diesel agree three out of five on the nerd scale so it means ah it's good so definitely above average film. Check it out if you can. If you want to see it in the theater, go ahead. I think it's comfortable to say go ahead and see it. If you want to wait until it comes out, feel free to rent it or watch it on a subscription service. Uh, but unless you really like it and go see it and dig it, I wouldn't recommend buying it right away. That's just me. Yep. With that being said, Diesel, you got anything else to tell the fine folks in closing for our review of The Black Phone? 
just a general PSA. If you're out with your side chick and your girl si- uh, FaceTimes you during the movie, don't answer. Or go out into the hallway. I'll be home in two hours. <sighs> that shit that switched down to an hour real quick when she kept going. Oh yeah. Mind you, he's FaceTiming in a fucking theater. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, definitely check out this movie. I don't think it's like gonna make it into like a yearly rotation, but like every few years it'll be like, man, Ethan Hawk was pretty good in this. Let me check this out. Good movie, go see it, enjoy yourself, and you know, enjoy your movie going experience. I agree with you. I agree with you 100% there. Uh, before we go, though, let's get some shameless plugs and pay some bills, Diesel. Of course, that means if you can hear my voice, you know how to find us, but do your, your friends know how to find us? Do their friends know how to find us? It's simple. You type in three fat nerds into any podcast provider and booyah kasha, there we are. Remember, for everything we talk about, it is the number three, not the word three. And of course, while you're there, make sure you smash that like or subscribe button so you get our show delivered to you automatically each and every week. And if you've already done all that, hey, if you haven't already, drop that five-star review so that way we, you can help us in the algorithm so more people can find the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. And we're also on Facebook. Type in that search bar, Three Fat Nerds Podcast. There you're going to find our page. You're going to like our page. You're going to comment, rate, review, help us spread the word of nerd. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Three Fat Nerds Pod. Make sure you like and share all of those pages as well. Remember, whenever talking about the show on any of our social medias, hashtag 3FNPod. And again, if you want to talk spoilers about a movie, but don't ruin it on social media for other people, email us three fat nerds pod at gmail.com double shot coming up right now if uh you would like to, if you're a wrestling fan especially because uh we do a lot of that there but we also do reviews and movie stuff on there and more to come in the future make sure you're following the twitch channel twitch.tv slash 607 podcast make sure you're following us over there it's absolutely free of course if you're a wrestling fan every monday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time myself and ken m from the ocho duro parlay hour podcast talk all things pro wrestling on 607 tws if you want to join the chat and watch it live that's the place to find it is over on twitch.tv slash 607 podcast also you can see the replay of it for the 14 days because we leave it up or if you prefer podcast form search for it anywhere you get great podcasts by searching 607 t w s also if you would like to support the show monetarily for as little as one dollar a month do that over on patreon patreon.com slash 8122 productions and booyah kasha you can support us you get extra bonus content you get everything like this review is coming out the day we recorded on saturday for our patrons and everybody else will get it on Sunday. Uh, the Three Founders Podcast comes out the day we record it, which is Mondays. Everybody else gets it Tuesday. And, of course, it's also the uncut, unedited, uncooked edition, which means you get a bonus. You get a bonus in the beginning and where we take our break. You get bonus stuff that we talk about that we only talk about there on Patreon. So bonus and it's uncut and unedited and you get it early. That's a win there. Also, we have two count them two made for patreon only shows and coming in the month of july we are nailing down exactly how we're doing it. starting in the month of july we will be doing two episodes a month of 3fn after dark it's a comedy project between me and diesel we like to talk about news and funny stuff happening in the world we look at tiktoks and youtube videos that are crazy and we talk about them and have fun with you the patrons on patreon.com slash 8122 productions and also making his triumphant to return will be we love movies and that is where we review movies of the past they're older movies that we review in the form of our like we did on this one and the cool part is we get to see things that we love from the past. Do we still love them? Have they fallen off? Have they sent the test of time? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do not. You can see where we rate them on We Love Movies once a month on Patreon. So those two shows, 
three bonus shows technically when you count them all together plus you get everything early so when we do early uh reviews like this when you do the bonus reviews get them early there plus the 3fn show you can't knock it it's one dollar and you help support us and we really do enjoy the support and we have a lot of people and we'd like a lot more and uh take advantage of all that so patreon.com slash 8122 productions pour one out for our fallen homies r.i.p internet explorer type into your search provider now that you can't use internet explorer anymore http colon backslash backslash eight one double deuce p-r-o-d-u-c-t-i-o-n-s dot com that's right, 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. Find out more about Three Finders Podcast, 607TWS. You get all the links, like the link to the Twitch channel, the link to Patreon right there at the website. Also, there's the link to our Public store where you can buy some swag and help support the show. And pretty soon we're going to have some extra swag up. I've got a new idea for a diesel shirt that uh, I definitely would be making for no other reason than I'm going to wear one. Uh, and uh, you would should want to, as well as there's some other things in the work that are going to be coming out in the next few weeks and months as we talk about over there on Public to help us out. Of course, you can get shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, fucking cup holders, all sorts of crazy shit over there at Public. Uh, of course, also, there is links to friends of the show, like the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast and our good friends at Sci-Fi Horror Fest going down August 26th and 27th from Vernon, New York at the Vernon Downs Casino. Uh, two days of great horror stuff. Richard Mouser will be there, of course, famously from the It miniseries and also The Thing and many things else. Also going to be there, CJ Graham, who played Jason Voorhees in part six of Friday the 13th. And last but certainly not least, the incomparable David Howard Thornton, who plays Art the Clown in the Terrifier movies. And I'll tell you what, uh, there's other celebrities and everything else going there. Make sure you go to scifihorrorfest.com for all information and to get some tickets. We will be there and hope to see you there in Vernon, New York the 26th and 27th of August. Uh, last but certainly not, or no, not last. We have two more things. First of all, thank you to the bands who provide us with music, giving it up for Shout at the Robots, who does our theme song, but also we want to give a shout out to Floodlands, Tom Jolu, Second Suitor, uh, the Jasons from West Virginia, and the Phosphines from Melbourne, Australia. Thank you for allowing us to use your music. On the website, they have a music page. Go visit them and support those bands that support us. Make sure you're listening to them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And now, last but certainly not least, there is a sponsors page on there. And on that sponsors page is the people who help us bring this show to you each and every week, commercial-free, including these bonus episodes. And uh, But we're going to give them a shout-out now for all they do. And first of all, that's Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And of course, if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events happening at the show, Shop, make sure you like their page on Facebook, Dragon Master Games. And thank you to Rexter Rods Auto Detailing, located at 2004 North Street in Endicott, New York. To call for an appointment, call 607-644-3389. When you're ready to put the pride back in your ride, don't forget to tell them three fat nerds sent you. You know what? Thank you so much for tuning into this bonus review. Uh, you should say it's a 3FN Movie Club bonus. Of course, we're reviewing The the, the Black Phone, and uh, thank you. We're going to be doing more of these, especially on weeks where there's multiple movies we're going to see. This is one of the first times that we've actually done it. We will be doing these in the future, so make sure you keep your ears out for our extra reviews. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Once again, if you want to talk about anything spoiler, it's better to do it on the email just because I don't want to spoil this movie for anybody. Remember, keep it spoiler-free on the social medias until you know there's always a 72 hour embargo so if you want to talk spoilers on it i would say tuesday or wednesday is the earliest i would say to talk spoilers on it uh after a movie comes out on a friday uh with that being said though for myself for big natty cool diesel 
I just want to say take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and until the next episode of 3FN, which will be dropping on your asses on Tuesday. Later, nerds. Let's play some Naughty Boy. Mm -hmm.